All right, welcome back to Bonus Disney Dependent. Before we begin this episode, I just want to give a lovely shout out to all of you guys that support the show by becoming a Patreon. Patreon? Nope, patron. Thank you for patronizing us. Yep. <laughs> it always sounds weird, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Every time someone says that. Uh, but seriously, it means the world to us. You know, we have a lovely little community of people that uh, support the show and I don't take it lightly. We None of us here do. It means the world to us. Um, on this episode, it's just me and Ash here in the Disney-dependent headquarters studios. And it sounds like I'm not even really sure what Ashley has in store. I have an idea. But I think she's going to read another creepy original Disney story. Is that correct, Producer Ash? A.K.A. a messed up fairy tale. Messed up fairy tale. That's That's the lingo. I love it. Oh, my God. Um, do you want to tell us which one it is? I do, but I'll give you a hint first. If you were to be encapsulated yeah. by one Disney character, mm. who who is your Disney character spirit animal that just represents your heart and soul? So not... Oh, you're saying like, okay. Yeah, I think I know. Well, that would be Ariel. Yes. From the classic The Little Mermaid. Yeah. So y Your heart wears a clamshell bra. Sure does. <laughs> it's finally happening. I mean, hey, I'm all for everyone being who they want to be. If you want, if you want to wear clamshaw, clamshaw, if you want to wear clamshaw brawls, go ahead. But can you imagine me in a clam? I can't even say it. Clamshell bra at nearly 38 years old. If I just walked out of the house like that, what would you do? You do know that I'm learning Photoshop, right? God damn it. <laughs> well, it's finally come time to do The Little Mermaid by Mr. Hans Christian Andersen. Under the sea, under the sea. Something about wetter, take it from me. <laughs> I did it. You did it. Yay. So this story is from 1836. What? Danish man, that Hans. Wait, have we have we heard other stories from this fella? No. Okay, so most of them have been the Brothers Grimm, right? Yes. A good amount of them, it seems. Yeah, you'd think I'd know, but I don't. Okay. Um, he did do like he did a lot of other. Um, he did the Snow Queen. Mm. He did the Princess and the Pea. Okay. Uh, the Ugly Duckling. Okay. So he's. He's done a lot of stuff. Yeah, and a lot of these stories seem to be from the 1800s. Yes, and he's not a handsome man. I'm going to go ahead not. and show you a picture of him. Uh, wow. <laughs> he looks like if Nicolas Cage had, like, I, I don't know, like, he had gravity just pulling on his face. And uh, how else would you explain it, Ash? It's like, I think it's like if Nicolas Cage and Abraham Lincoln yeah, and um, what's his name that we like from the movies? Kylo mm. Ren. Oh, yes. Adam yes. Driver. Adam Driver. So if Nicolas Cage, Abraham Lincoln, yeah. Adam Driver all had a fun social evening together and produced a baby that was ungodly. Well, look at the side pro profile of him. Look at that one. He's got quite the schnoz. He's got a beak on him. He's got a beak. He's got a big old beak on him. So that's fun. He almost, You know what he also look, kind of looks like from that profile? He, candy lollipops. <laughs> from? Children. From? Bang, bang. Bang, bang. That's Chitty Chitty Bang Bang if you can't understand James's language. Bang, 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 Okay. Okay. I also was just looking up information about him in case you ask me any questions, and I learned things I just didn't need to know about his sexual life. Oh, yeeks. 1800s kind of sexual life, too, dude. Yeah. What was that even like? I, I, don't, oh, I don't need to what know. Was any, hey, what was anything like in the 1800s? Tampons? We'll start there. Were there toilet paper? No. This is where the rag comes in. Like an actual rag. Yeah, you're on the rag. They just shoved a rag up there. And Not up there, but down there. Around there. Let's meet in the middle. In or around. And then they just went about their day? 
Yeah, they just had to pretend like that wasn't happening to Maybe them. Maybe that's why they had such enormous dresses back then. <laughs> <laughs> just to hide It's all just towel. rag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, wow. welcome back to bonus Disney dependent, guys. This you, is what we do on the bonus episode. You asked for it. Hey, you, you guys asked for it. Literally asked for it. Yeah, You're going to hear it. Yeah. All right, take us away, Ash. Let's do this. I'm okay. stoked. Far out in the ocean, where the water is as blue as the prettiest cornflower and as clear as crystal, Ooh. it is very, very deep. Mm. So deep, indeed, that no cable could fathom it. Many church steeples piled upon one another would not reach from the ground beneath to the surface of the water above. <laughs> what an 1800s way of saying <laughs> something was deep. It's one of these long things piled yeah. up high. Right. The church steeple is the biggest building in this guy's town. So. Yep. All right, proceed. It's nearly three stories tall. Yeah. There dwell the Sea King. There he was. There he is, Ariel. <laughs> and his subjects. We must not imagine that there is nothing at the bottom of the sea but bare yellow sand. Yellow. Yellow sand. Wait, what now? You don't want to eat that. Uh-uh. No, indeed. The most singular flowers and plants grow there, the leaves and stems of which are so pliant that the slightest agitation of the water causes them to stir as if they had life. What a poet. <laughs> Fishes, both large and small, glide between the branches as birds fly among the trees here upon the land. Oh, In the deepest spot of all stands the castle of the Sea King. Its walls are built of coral, and the long Gothic windows are of the clearest amber. The roof is formed of shells that open and close as the water flows over them. Huh. Their appearance is very beautiful, for in each lies a glittering pearl, which would be fit for the diadem of a queen. So we already have a difference now from Disney's Little Mermaid to this fella's version. because This fella, the in, guy that wrote it. Yeah. What's his name? Franz? Franz, yes. In Franz's Little Mermaid, it's like very organic sounding. You know, it's like a, a castle made out of sea life, sea stuff. And in the it's an actual castle. Mm-hmm. Well, it's made out of penises, if we're being honest. Yeah. But, you know. So that's one difference right there. Proceed. Okay. The Sea King had been a widower for many years, and his aged mother kept house for him. She didn't exist in the movies. That's interesting. Yeah. She was a very wise woman and exceedingly proud of her high birth. On that account, she wore 12 oysters on her tail. Okay. I don't know what that means. Where do they go? How, how, does, how do they attach? I want to meet one person that knows what that means. She wore... 12 oysters on her tail. Is that just a way of saying she wore shells on her tail? I mean, maybe it's like she's so old that she has so many like barnacles stuck to her butt. Okay, we'll go with that. While others, also of high rank, were only allowed to wear six. Oh, oh snap! So it is a thing. It's an ornament of sorts. Wow. Why don't you just say shells? I think he, that's what he's trying to get at, right? Because that's what an oyster is. Maybe she just, like, you know, shucked him and yeah. then just, like, stuck the, snot the snotty <laughs> oyster on herself. <laughs> yeah, let's hope that's not it. Hey, Grandma, is that an oyster on your leg, or did you just take a roll in the sea kelp? Wow. Moving on. She was, however, deserving of a very great praise, especially for her care of the little sea princesses, her granddaughters. Mm. They were six beautiful children, but the youngest was the prettiest of them all. Her skin was as clear and clear and delicate as a rose leaf, and her eyes as blue as the deepest sea. But, like all the others, she had no feet, and her body ended in a fish's tail. <laughs> Don't worry, she'll get feet one of these days. <laughs> All day long, they played in the great halls of the castle or among the living flowers that grew out of the walls. The large amber windows were open and the fish swam in just as the swallows fly into our houses when we open the windows. Mm -hmm. God, can you imagine that? No. Swallows are just dive bombing your head all day? No. Actually, I kind of like that. You would. That sounds stressful to me. The swallows fly into our houses when we open the windows, accepting that the fishes swam up to the princesses, ate out of their hands, and allowed themselves to be stroked. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
<laughs> All right. Let's go, Franz. <laughs> you do know his name is Hans, right? Oh, no. <laughs> really thought it was Franz. Let's just keep it with Franz. It's Franz now. Outside the castle, there was a beautiful garden in which grew bright red and dark blue flowers and blossoms like flames of fire. The fruit glittered like gold and the leaves and stems waved to and fro continually. The earth itself was the finest sand, but blue as the flame of burning sulfur. Over everything lay a peculiar blue radiance, as if it were surrounded by the air from above, through which the blue sky shone instead of the dark depths of the sea. Mm. Just doing a lot of um, set design here. Yeah, lots of it. In calm weather, the sun could be seen looking like a purple flower, with the light streaming from the calyx what's a calyx what's a calyx i don't know isn't it a type of cat <laughs> no <laughs> i'm gonna look it up what's a calyx calyx is the thing that sticks up in your hair right that's the grandma slicks down with a different but so calyx is there's two options one's botany the sepals of the flower gonna have to look up sepals just kidding typically forming a whorl whorl okay that encloses the petals and forms a protective layer around a flower and a bud. Still don't understand. The other one is a cup-like cavity or structure. I don't know. I think it's the first one, right? That would make more sense sure. in the context of that sentence. I don't know. Okay. Each of the young princesses had a little plot of ground in the garden where she might dig and plant as she pleased. Aw, just like me. Aw. One arranged her flower bed into the form of a whale. Yeah. Another thought it better to make hers like the figure of a little mermaid. But that of the youngest was round like the sun and contained flowers as red as his rays at sunset. She was a strange child. (laughs) Is that just one sentence? No. (laughs) Period. Okay. She was a strange child, quiet and thoughtful. And while her sisters would be delighted with the wonderful things that they obtained from the wrecks of vessels, she cared for nothing but her pretty red flowers. Mm. That doesn't sound at all like Ariel. No. She likes the things from the yeah, wreckage. Yeah, that's the opposite. Like forks. Yeah. She cared for nothing but her pretty red flowers like the sun, excepting a beautiful marble statue. It was the representation of a handsome boy mm. carved out of pure white stone, which had fallen to the bottom of the sea from a wreck. Eric? Yeah. She planted by the statue a rose-colored weeping willow. How does that work? Enter Mm-hmm. It grew splendidly, oh. and very su- very soon hung its fresh branches over the statue, almost down to the blue sands. The shadow had a violet tint and waved to and fro from the, like the branches. It seemed as if the crown of the tree and the root were at play mm. and trying to kiss each other. Mm. Nothing gave her so much pleasure as to hear about the world above the sea. She made her old grandmother tell her all she knew of the ships and of the towns, the people and the animals. To her, it seemed most wonderful and beautiful to hear that the flowers of the land should have a fragrance and not those below the sea, that the trees of the forest should be green and that the fishes among the trees could sing so sweetly that it was quite a pleasure to hear them. Her grandmother called the little birds fishes. What? Her grandmother called the little birds fishes, or she would not have understood her. What? For she had never seen birds. Got it. She didn't have a word for it. So they have, like, sky fishes, is what grandma's saying to her. Oh. They've got sky fishes that fly into your window and sing and stuff. I thought this broad was under the water. She is, but the old grandma's wise, and she knows about land stuff. Oh, so she's talking to her about land stuff. Yep. The sky, the sky fish. Sky fish. Okay. Got it. It's like skyfall, but it's not. But not. When you have reached your fifteenth year, said the grandmother, you will have permission to rise out of the sea, to sit on the rocks in the moonlight, while the great ships are sailing by, and you will see both forests and towns. Ooh. In the following year, one of the sisters would be fifteen, but as each was a year younger than the other, the youngest would have to wait five years before her turn came to rise up from the bottom of the ocean and see the earth as we do. However, each promised to tell the others what she saw on her first visit and what she thought the most beautiful, for their grandmother could not tell them enough. There were so many things on which they wanted information, 
None of them longed so much for her turn to come as the youngest, she who had the longest time to wait, and who was so quiet and thoughtful. Many nights she stood by the open window, looking up through the dark blue water, and watching the fish as they splashed about with their fins and tails. <laughs> yeah, that's all I've seen. <laughs> she could see the moon and stars shining faintly, but through the water they looked larger than they do to our eyes. Right. When some... <laughs> Thanks, James. I'm there. It's like I'm there. When something like a black cloud passed between her and them, she knew it was either a whale swimming over her head. Okay. Um, I have a major fear of whales. In fact, I was looking at my phone the other day, and apparently at some point in the last couple of nights while lying in bed, I googled uh, irrational fear of whales. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how about that guy that got swallowed by a whale? How about that? That's a real thing that happened. I needed to die when I read that. Dude. I don't care that he lived. It doesn't matter. I need to die knowing that somebody lived through that. When he was explaining how the muscles felt? Yeah, the pulsing and... The, the tongue muscle? That. Okay, so there's a whale swimming over her head. Yep. Stars look big. Yep, got it. Or a ship full of human beings who never imagined that a pretty little mermaid was standing beneath them. Wait, so how old is Ariel here? Because she, she has to wait until she's 15. Yes. So and she's her, 10. Yeah, I was going to say, she has to be at least uh, as... Or 11, depending on what. Right. Okay, so she's a little kid. Got it. Yep. Already little, in little line kid. with all the Disney stories. Cool. Mm-hmm. Beautiful little girls. So these human beings never imagined that a pretty little mermaid was standing beneath them, holding out her white hands toward the keel of their ship. Right. As soon as the eldest was 15, she was allowed to rise to the surface of the ocean. When she came back, she said, or she had hundreds of things to talk about. But the most beautiful, she said, was to lie in the moonlight on a sandbank in the quiet sea near the coast and to gaze on a large town nearby where the lights were twinkling like hundreds of stars, mm. to listen to the sound of the music, the noise of carriages, and the voices of human beings, and then to hear the merry bells peal out from the church steeples. And because she could not go near to all those wonderful things, she longed for them more than ever. Mm. Oh, did not the youngest sister listen eagerly to hear all these descriptions? And afterwards, when she stood at the open window looking up through the dark blue water, she thought of the great city, with all of its hustle and no bustle and noise, and even fancied she could hear the sound of church bells down in the depths of the sea. In another year, the second sister received permission to rise to the surface of the water and to swim about where she pleased. She rose just as the sun was setting, and this, she said, was the most beautiful sight of all. The whole sky looked like gold, while violet and rose-colored clouds, which she could not describe, floated over her. And, still more rapidly than the clouds, flew a large flock of wild swans, a.k.a. airfish. Airfish. A large flock of wild airfish, towards the setting sun, looking like a long white veil across the sea. She also swam towards the sun, but it sunk into the waves, and the rosy tints faded from the clouds and from the sea. The third sister's turn followed. She was the boldest of them all, and she swam up a broad river that emptied itself into the sea. On the banks she saw green hills covered with beautiful vines. Palaces and castles peeped out from amid the proud trees of the forest. He's a verbose man. My tongue is getting caught up in his yeah. verbiage. Yeah. Stupid Hans. I mean Franz. Hans. Sing- oh, God damn it. She heard the birds singing and the rays of the sun were so powerful that she was obliged often to dive down under the water to cool her burning face. It's like you. Yeah. <laughs> in a narrow creek, she found a whole troop of little human children, quite naked. Quite. And sporting about in the water. She wanted to play with them, but they fled in a great fright, and then a little black animal came to the water. It was a dog, but she did not know that, for she had never before seen one. The animal barked at her so terribly that she became frightened and rushed back into the open sea. That would be pretty scary. Yeah. To see a dog for the first time, you wouldn't know what the hell that was. So she got frightened and rushed back to the open sea, but she said that she could never forget the beautiful forest, the green hills, and the pretty little children who could swim in the water... Although they had not fish's tails. 
The fourth sister was more timid. She remained in the midst of the sea, but she said it was quite as beautiful there as near the land. She could see for so many miles around her, and the sky above looked like a bell of glass. Okay. I don't know. Oh, like a... I get that. Yeah. Like a floaty, like the... Yeah. Yeah, got it. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> like, a, like, you know, water wings, like, like floaties. Like, well, yeah, 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 water wings. <laughs> that's, that's what Franz is talking about. She had seen the ships, but at such great distance that they looked like seagulls. The dolphins sported in the waves, and the great whales spouted water from their nostrils till it seemed as if hundred fountains of, hundreds of fountains were playing in every direction. The fifth sister's birthday occurred in the winter, so when her turn came, she saw what the others had not seen the first time they went up. The sea looked quite green, and large icebergs were floating about, each like a pearl, she said, but larger and loftier, loftier than the churches built by men. They were the most singular shapes, and glittered like diamonds. She had seated herself upon one of the largest and let the wind play with her long hair, and she remarked that all the ships sailed by rapidly and steered as far away as they could from the iceberg as if they were afraid of it. I wonder why. Yeah. Towards evening, as the sun went down, dark clouds covered the sky. The thunder rolled and the lightning flashed. And the thunder rolled. And the lightning crashed. <laughs> and the red light glowed on the icebergs as they rocked and tossed on the heaving sea. On all the ships, the sails were reefed with fear and trembling, while she sat calmly on the floating iceberg, watching the blue lightning as if it darted its forked flashes into the sea. Scary. <laughs> When first the sisters had permission to rise to the surface, they were each delighted with the new and beautiful sights they saw. But now, as grown-up girls, also known as women, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they could go when they pleased, and they had become indifferent about it. Oh, they're like, whatever. I've already been there. Surface, whatever. <laughs> Are you filming me? Yeah, I'm just doing a stupid filter. They wished themselves back again in the water, and after a month had passed, they said it was much more beautiful down below. Ah! They noticed it's better down where it's wetter there under the sea. Go. Dude, that little crab was right. R.I.P. guy Sebastian that played Sebastian. Man, that's know your name. super respectful. <laughs> uh, much more beautiful down below and pleasanter to be at home. Yet often in the evening hours, the five sisters would twine their arms around each other and rise to the surface in a row. Twine their arms? I guess they're mermaids. They do weird mermaid stuff. They had more beautiful voices than any human being could have, and before the approach of a storm, and when they expected a ship would be lost, they swam before the vessel and sang sweetly of the delights to be found at the depths of the sea. Darling, it's better down where it's where to take it from us. <laughs> and begging the sailors not to fear if they sank to the bottom. I don't think that that's going to help them just because it's nice for you. Yeah, I, I really don't either. But the sailors could not understand the song. They took it for the howling of the storm. Oh, do they not understand mermaid? It's like Harry Potter. Yeah, 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 And these things were never to be beautiful for them. For if the ship sank, the men were drowned. Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah. And their dead bodies alone reached the palace of the sea king. Cool. When the sisters rose arm in arm through the water in this way, their youngest sister would stand quite alone, looking after them, ready to cry. Only that the mermaids have no tears, and therefore they suffer more. <laughs> oh, were I but fifteen years old, she said. I know that I shall love the world up there and all the people who live in it. At last, ah. Miss Thang reaches her fifteenth year. Little Miss Thang. What did the grandmother's voice sound like? Well, now you are grown up, said the old dowager, her grandmother. So you must let me adorn you like your other sisters. Was she the chick with all the oysters on her tail? Yep, that's Miss Oyster Lady. Okay. And she placed a wreath of white lilies in her hair, and every flower leaf was half a pearl. What? Then the old lady ordered eight great oysters to attach themselves to the tail of ah. the princess to show her high rank. <laughs> <laughs> Do you hear that? 
What are you doing? That's an Instagram filter that I didn't know made fun sounds. Oh. Well, right. it's really getting us in the mood. Yeah, man. So, the lady ordered eight great oysters to plop themselves on Ariel's tail. Got it. But they hurt me so, said the little mermaid. Yeah. So now we know they hurt. That's nice. Jeez. Pride must suffer pain, replied the old lady. Definitely. Oh, how gladly she would have shaken off all this grandeur and laid aside the heavy wreath. Oh, poor you. So, so friggin' fancy. Yeah. The red flowers in her own garden would have suited her much better, but she could not help herself, so she said, Farewell, and rose as lightly as a bubble to the surface of the water. The sun had just set as she raised her head above the waves, but the clouds were tinted with crimson and gold, and through the glimmering twilight beamed the evening star in all of its beauty. The sea was calm, and the air mild and fresh. A large ship with three masts lay becalmed on the water. Eric? He's coming! Oh my god! <laughs> He's coming! <laughs> with only one sail set, for not a breeze stiffed. And the sailors sat idle on deck or amongst the rigging. <laughs> sailors are all hanging out with their rigged, rigged up, man. stiffs and... Stiffed up, rigged up, ready to part. <laughs> 15-year-old girls. Yep. There was music and song on board, and as darkness came on, a hundred colored lanterns were lighted, as if the flags of all nations waved in the air. Pretty. The little mermaid swam close to the cabin windows, and now and then, as, he, as the waves lifted her up, she could look in through the clear glass window panes and see a number of well-dressed people within. Among them was a young prince. Eric? The most beautiful of all. Ew. With large black eyes. Oh he was 16 years of age. Okay. And his birthday was being kept with much rejoicing. Oh, so he just turned 16. Freshly. Nice. Barely 16. They really, they really liked young stuff back then. They did. You it, died early. Is you that know? what it was? Yeah, you die early. Should we give them some credit because they died before they were 40? Here's the thing. You start getting on the rag. You know that you're ready to poop out some babies and your you need help on your farm. Yep. You got to produce some hands That's to it. do the manual labor and then before you die at 25. Right. Right, so really, 15, 16, you you got to get it going. Yeah, it's like, what are you waiting for? Right, okay, all so right. it's his 16th birthday. He's sweet 16. Mm -hmm. The sailors were dancing on deck, but when the prince came out of the cabin, more than a hundred rockets rose in the air, making it as bright as day. Mm. The little mermaid was so startled that she dived underwater, and when she again stretched out her head... Head! <laughs> The little mermaid was so startled that she dived underwater, and when she again stretched out her head, it appeared as if all the stars of heaven were falling around her. She had never seen such fireworks before. Yeah, no shit. It was on the stupid ocean. Great suns spurted fire about. Splendid fireflies flew into the blue air, and everything was reflected in the clear, calm sea beneath. Well, that sounds lovely. It does sound lovely. It sounds kind of like uh, Main Street when the fireworks go off. Yeah. Which I can't wait to do! Oh, oh my, my god! god! It's like... Two weeks from now. The ship itself was so brightly illuminated that all the people and even the smallest rope could be distinctly and plainly seen. The smallest what? Rope. Oh, okay. You know. Rope. Boat stuff. Boat stuff. Got it. 1800 boat stuff. Mm -hmm. And how handsome the young prince looked mm -hmm. as he pressed the hands of all present and smiled at them. Ooh. Well, the music resounded through the clear night air. It was very late, yet the little mermaid could not take her eyes from the ship or from the beautiful prince. Oh my god, but he was so hot. The colored lanterns had been extinguished, so no more rockets rose in the air. And the cannon had ceased firing, but the sea became restless, and a moaning, grumbling sound Duh. could be heard beneath the waves. <laughs> This is a PG show. Still, the little mermaid remained by the cabin window, rocking up and down on the water, what? which enabled her to look in. Whoa. After a while, the sails were quickly unfurled, and the noble ship continued her passage. But soon, the waves ro rose higher. Heavy clouds darkened the sky, mm. and lightning appeared in the distance. Ursula? A dreadful storm was approaching. 
what <laughs> once more with the sails were reefed. They were reefed. <laughs> I think that means that they were yeah. out out taut like. Out taut like. And the great ship pursued her flying course over the raging sea. Ooh. The waves rose mountains high as if they had overlapped the mast. But the ship dived like a swan between them and then rose again on their lofty foaming crests. Mm-hmm, it all mm-hmm. just sounds so filthy. I know. To the Little Mermaid, this appeared pleasant sport, not so to the sailors. Right. At length, the ship groaned and creaked. The thick planks gave way under the lashing of the sea as it broke over the deck. The mainmast snapped asunder like a reed. Ah. The ship lay over on her side, and the water rushed in. No. The Little Mermaid now perceived that the crew were in danger. Ah. Even she herself was obliged to be careful to avoid the beams and planks of the wreck, which lay scattered on the water. At one moment, it was so pitch dark that she could not see a single object, not even the object she was trying to find. You know the one. You know the one. Eric's dick. Yep. At one moment, it was so pitch dark that she could not see a single object, but a flash of lightning revealed the whole scene. She could see everyone who had been on board, excepting the prince. <gasps> when the ship parted, yeah. she had seen him sink into the deep waves. No! And she was glad, yeah. for she thought he would now be with her. Right. But he can't breathe. She does, does she not know? I think she's dumb. Did her stupid oyster grandma not tell her that humans can't breathe underwater? I don't know. Okay. Uh, uh. And then she remembered that human beings could not live in the water. Okay, so she knew. So that okay. when he got down to her father's palace, he would be quite dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah quite yeah, dead. Yeah, quite dead. Certainly, it's... mostly dead. But he must not die. Why? Because she needs to save her. She needs to find that object. Masts and stuff. So she swam about among the beams and planks, which strewed the surface of the sea, forgetting that they could crush her into pieces. Sure. Then she dived deeply under the dark waters, rising and falling with the waves. Yes. Till at length she managed to reach the young prince. Oh, who was fast losing the power of swimming in that stormy sea. Okay. His limbs were flailing. But still hot. His beautiful eyes were closed. Clearly. And he would have died had not the Little Mermaid come to his assistance. Mm-hmm. Wink, wink, mm-hmm. wink. <laughs> she held his head above the water and let the waves oh. drift them where they would. In the morning, the storm had ceased. But of the ship, not a single fragment could be seen. The sun rose up, red and glowing from the water, as its beams brought back the hue of health to the prince's cheeks. Hope. Oh, what cheeks? Her fish butt cheeks? Top cheeks or bottom cheeks? His cheeks. Eric's cheeks? The health of the prince's cheeks. But his eyes remained closed. Mm. The mermaid kissed his high, smooth forehead. And stroked back his wet hair. Okay. He seemed to her like the marble statue in the little garden. Yeah. She kissed him again and wished that he might live. Presently, they came in sight of land. She saw lofty blue mountains on which the white snow rested as if a flock of swans were lying upon them. It's a lot of swan talk in this. Near the coast were beautiful green forests and and close by stood a large building. Whether a church or a convent, she could not tell. Those Mm. are the two options, huh? Church and convent? That's all you get. Orange and citron trees grew in the garden, and before the door stood lofty palms. The sea here formed a little bay, in which the water was quite still but very deep. So she swam with the handsome prince to the beach, which was covered with fine white sand, and she laid him in the warm sunshine taking care to rise his head higher than his body. Then bells sounded in the large white building, and a number of young girls came into the garden. The little mermaid swam out further than the, uh, farther from the shore and placed herself between some high rocks that rose out of the water. This is just like the movie! It's just like the movie. Then she covered her head and neck with the foam of the sea. <laughs> <laughs> Not like the movie. <laughs> I wish that was part of the movie. I thought she was going to cover her like bottom yeah, half, yeah. but instead she covers her head and neck with sea foam. So all he sees is a stupid fish 
flopping around on the rock with some uh, <laughs> with some oysters on her legs or on her on her tail. Yeah, cool. Um, so that her little face might not be seen, and watch to see what would become of the poor prince. She did not wait long before she saw a young girl approach the spot where he lay. She seemed frightened at first, but only for a moment. Yeah. Then she fetched a number of people, and the mermaid saw that the prince came to life again and smiled upon those who stood round him. But to her, he sent no smile. Oh. He knew not that she had saved him. Oh. This made her very unhappy. And when he was led away into the great building, she dived down sorrowfully into the oh. water and returned to her father's castle. James is going to start crying. Ariel! <laughs> she had always been silent and thoughtful, and now she was more so than ever. Her sisters asked her what she had seen during her first visit to the surface of the water, but she would tell them nothing. Many an evening and morning did she rise up to the place where she had left the prince. She saw the fruits in the garden ripen till they were gathered. The snow on the tops of the mountains melt away, but she never saw the prince, and therefore she returned home, always more sorrowful than before. It was her only comfort to sit in her own little garden and fling her armor on the beautiful marble statue. So she's got like <laughs> the like fake boyfriend that she's sleeping yeah. by. It's kind of sad. It's very sad. Ariel's whole thing is always kind of pathetic and sad. Why is why is she your favorite then? I mean, have you looked at me? <laughs> have you observed my life? Like there's so many similarities and parallels. She collects stupid things. Look at this room. <laughs> Look at this room. Isn't it neat? Something about I want real feet. <laughs> All right, continue. Okay, she's snuggling with her blue, her beautiful marble statue, which was like the prince. Right. But she gave up tending her flowers. Oh no. Uh-oh. And they grew in wild confusion over the paths, twining their long leaves and stems round the branches of the trees. So she's depressed. She is real sad. Okay. Uh, so that the you whole. You think she might be on the rag, Ash? She might be. Where do you put the rag if you've got a mermaid tail? Well, my guess is maybe you don't have to deal with the rag. Is that a, is that a thing? Well, she has, like, lady hips and stuff, though, right? Mm-hmm. Hmm. How do they give birth? Where do mermaids come from? What What are mermaids? Like, where did that just come from stupid sailors? Yeah, it came things? from horny sailors that were at the... We're yeah. at sea for too long. They saw they saw manatees and they manatees. were like, "That's a beautiful woman." It's a dolphin. It's gotta be a woman, right? She's she's so beautiful. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's like a fat chubby cow, just like yeah, in the water. That's just all of those stupid like folk tales. That's where that all came from. Mm-hmm. Malnourished, horny, tired men. They, they saw a blue whale and it's a sea monster. Yep. I all mean, right. technically, they're right. I mean, they're not wrong. A, a grizzly bear is a monster out of a fairy tale movie. Yep. So I get it. All right, move on. At length, she could bear it no longer and told one of her sisters all about it. Then the others heard the secret and very soon it became known to two mermaids whose intimate friend happened to know who the prince was. What? She had also seen the festival on board ship and she told them where the prince came from, where his palace stood. Ooh. Come, little sister. Of the other princesses. Then they entwined their arms and rose up in a long row to the surface of the water. Can they not just surface alone? This is, I think it's like when them? they go to the bathroom, like women, it's like, oh, come yeah. on, we're all come going. On. Let's all go. Let's pee together for some reason. Close by the spot where they knew the prince's palace stood, it was built of bright yellow, shining stone with long flights of marble steps, one of which reached down to the sea. Mm. That sounds familiar. Yep, yeah, okay. I don't know about yellow, but. Um, splendid gilded cupolas cupolas <laughs> rose over the roof and between the pillars that surrounded the whole building stood lifelike statues of marble through the crystal clear of the lofty windows could be seen noble rooms with costly silk curtains and hangings of tapestry while the walls were covered with beautiful paintings which were a pleasure to look at in the center of the largest saloon, a fountain threw its sparkling jets high up into the glass cupola of the ceiling, through which the sun shone down upon the water and upon the beautiful plants growing around the basin of the fountain. 
Now that she knew where he lived, she spent many an evening and many a night on the water near the palace. Oh, She's going full creeper. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Have she, you seen Eric, though? Yeah. He's worth it. Does, does he have dimples? I don't know. Does he have a chin butt dimple? I don't know. He's got a butt. He's got some, some healthy cheeks. He's got some dimples in them cheeks. Move on. <laughs> Uh, she spent many an, an evening there. She'd swim much nearer to the shore than any of the others ventured to do. Yeah. Indeed, once she went quite up to the narrow channel under the marble balcony, which threw a broad shadow on the water. Here she would sit and watch the young prince, who thought himself quite alone in the bright moonlight. He wasn't alone. He was being no. stared at. Yep. It's very, very creepy. creepy. She saw him many times of an evening sailing into a pleasant boat with music playing and flags waving. She peeped out from among the green rushes, and if the wind caught her long silvery white veil... What? What? She's wearing a veil? Is she already wearing a wedding dress? She's just Just staring at him from the the (laughs) pond? That's so creepy. We're married. (laughs) Those who saw it believed to be a swan spreading out its wings. What? Camp of the swans. Okay. On many a night, too, when the fishermen with their torches were out to sea, she heard them relate so many good things about the doings of the young prince Mm. that she was glad she had saved his life when he had been tossed about half dead on the waves. And she remembered that his head had rested on her bosom. Oh, my God. Franz. Franz? He's getting cheeky. (laughs) And how heartily she had kissed him. But he knew nothing of all this and could not even dream of her. She grew more and more fond of human beings and wished more and more to be able to wander about with those whose worlds seemed to be so much larger than her own. She's wrong, though. The ocean is like the biggest part of the earth. Yeah. It's clearly a bigger part. Much. She's much. very stupid. Well, she's a half fish. Yeah. What are you going to do? They could fly over the sea in ships and mount the high hills which were far above the clouds and the lands they possessed. Their woods and their fields stretched far away beyond the reach of her sight. There was so much that she wished to know, and her sisters were unable to answer all her questions. Then she applied to her old grandmother, who knew all about the upper world, which she very rightly called the lands above the sea. Wait, hold on. Why does Oyster Tail Grandma know so much about the outside world. She's just old. She's just wise. But she hasn't experienced it herself. Because Ariel's like like the first out of the family to graduate college. She's the first one to get real feet and go dance on Earth, right? I think this is something we're going to have to just hear. Because I don't don't know. I think they tell us at some point. That should have been part of the story in Disney. (laughs) That this cool grandma had experience. She was like a 60s chick. She had partied. And she's got all this experience. She went on the road with a band. And then you're like, oh, that's why you know so much about Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe it's like a M. Night Shyamalan moment where they tell us at the end. Right. All right. If human beings are not drowned, asked the Little Mermaid, can they live forever? Do they never die as we do here in the sea? She is really dumb. Yes, replied the old lady. They must also die. And their term of life is even shorter than ours. Oh. We sometimes live to 300 years. Is but that right? Sure is. Mermaids are like... Something. Trees. Trees, yeah. Wow, cool. Or baby trees. Yeah, small trees. We don't know anything about stuff. But when we cease to exist here, we only become the foam on the surface of the water. So she was using one of her dead relatives to cover <laughs> her head and neck. Yeah. And we have not even a grave down here of those we love. We have not immortal souls. We shall never live again. But, like the green seaweed, when once it has been cut off, we can never flourish more. Human beings, on the contrary, have a soul which lives forever, lives after the body has been turned to dust. It rises up through the clear, pure air beyond the glittering stars. As we rise out of the water and behold all the land of the earth, so do they rise to unknown and glorious regions which we shall never see. Wow. I think that's Franz again. Inserting his own, you yeah. know. He's, a, he's afraid of death. Yeah, but also kind of like humans are better. <clears throat> like, God chooses thing. humans. I'm not saying that being a human is better. No, I'm not saying that humans are better. 
but being a human is clearly, clearly better. <laughs> Why have not we an immortal soul? asked the little mermaid mournfully. I would give gladly all the hundreds of years that I have to live to be a human being for only one day mm. and to have the hope of knowing the happiness of that glorious world above the stars. Ursula. You must not think like that, said the old woman. We feel ourselves to be much happier and much better off than human beings. So I shall die, said the little mermaid, and as the foam of the sea I shall be driven about never again to hear the music of the waves or to see pretty flowers nor the red sun. Is there anything I can do to win an immortal soul? No, said the old woman. Unless a man were to love you so much that you were more to him than his father or mother, and if all of his thoughts and all his love were fixed upon you, and the priest placed his right hand in yours, and he promised to be true to you here and hereafter, then his soul would glide into your body, oh. and you would obtain a share in the future happiness of mankind. Oh, so this boring-ass 1800s version from Franz mm-hmm. is doesn't involve Ursula at all? This mm. is a true love story? I, I don't know. She hasn't appeared yet. I know. No, said the old woman. Unless a man were to love you so much that you are more to him than his father or mother, and if all his thoughts and all his love were fixed upon you, and the priest placed his right hand in yours, and he promised to be true to you here and hereafter, then his soul would glide into your body, and you would obtain a share in the future happiness of mankind. He would give a soul to you and retain his own as well. But this can never happen. Bring it up, stupid oyster lady. Your fish's tail, which amongst us is considered so beautiful, is thought on earth to be quite ugly. They do not know any better, and they think it necessary to have two stout props, which they call legs, (laughs) in order to be handsome. Well, also to get around, you dumb oyster lady. Yeah, for dancing and... Thought you knew everything. Strolling along down Mm -hmm. the street. That's it. Then the little mermaid sighed and looked sorrowfully at her fish's tail. Let us be happy, said the old lady, and dart and spring about during the 300 years that we have to live, which is really quite long enough. After that, we can rest ourselves all the better. This evening, we are going to have a court ball. It is one of those splendid sights which can never be seen on earth. The walls of the ceiling of the large ballroom were of thick but transparent crystal. May May hundreds of colossal shells... Some of them deep red, others of a grass green stood on each side in rows, with blue fire in them, which lighted up the whole saloon and shone through the walls so that the sea was also illuminated. Innumerable fishes, great and small, swam past the crystal walls. On some of them, scales glowed with purple brilliancy, and on others they shone like silver and gold. Through the halls flowed a broad stream, and it danced the mermen and the mermaids to the music of their own sweet singing. No one on earth has such a lovely voice as theirs. But, no, not, not but. There's no but. Except for Eric's but. Okay. The little mermaid sang more sweetly than them all. The whole court applauded her with hands and tails. <laughs> <laughs> flap, 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 flap. <laughs> and for a moment, her heart felt quite gay. Yeah. For <laughs> James's heart's feeling quite gay thinking about Eric. For she knew that she had the loveliest voice of any on earth or on the sea. But soon she thought again of the world above her, for she could not forget the charming prince, nor her sorrow that she had not an immortal soul like his. He is certainly sailing above. He on whom my wishes depend, and on whose hands I should like to place the happiness of my life. I will venture all for him, and to win an immortal soul. While my sisters are dancing at my father's palace, I will go to the sea witch, of whom I have always been so much afraid, but she can give me counsel and help. Oh my god. And that's where we're going to leave it for now. All right, dude. That's part one. part of the story. Let's go. Do we think her name is Ursula? Don't, don't, if you know, don't tell me. I don't know, and I don't think anyone has a name in this. Right. No one. Eric? No, we we just said that. We just said that. We just said that, didn't we? Uh, Well, that sounds cool. Um, As usual, these stories, it's bonkers to me that Disney 
chooses these stories. But then, in their defense, it's, it's also clear as to why they change so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool, man. Good well, job reading. We're going to leave everyone hanging, and we'll come back with bonus 16. Soon. The conclusion of Hans of Franz Christian Andersen's The Little Mermaid. Yeah, man. Well, thank you so much for being part of the Patreon community, like we said. Um, there's there's a few ways to continue to support the show. Rate and review, all that good stuff. If you want to buy a cool original shirt, go to Dynamite Goat Trading Co. Check out the new stuff we got. And we have many designs coming out this summer. We're incredibly excited to finally get that company going. Um, and also, just once again, thank you so much for, for being part of this little community. It means the world to us. And because you're part of that community, we listen to you guys above anyone else. So if you have ideas for the shows, you guys want us to cover something specific about the parks or about Disney fandom in general or really just anything, uh, please hit us up. Like, you're, you're our buds, and that's how we think of you. Yep, message us on Instagram or send us an email, disneyindependent at gmail.com. That's right. All right, well, thank you again for hanging, and we will see you next time. See you, see you real, real soon. Bye. <laughs> You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Disney Dependent. And you can send us an email at DisneyDependent at gmail.com. This podcast is produced by Producer Ash. The logo is by Ryan Hatch, and you can find him at WR Hatch on Instagram. The music is by Ryan Knowles, and you can find him at Ryan Allen Knowles on Instagram. This show is mixed and edited by Deanna Chapman. You can find Deanna at Deanna underscore Chapman. And this has been a Team Dynamite Goat production. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the show, and we'll be back here next week.